0: Faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive,
1: able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane!
0: It's Superman-splaining, with me, David Yoder, and my uninformed friend, Dennis St. John. You got the wheel this time.
1: (laughs) That's right. I, Dennis St. John, have the wheel, because I've earned enough points in record time, I think, I assume, because I'm so good at trivia now. It's hard because, yeah, I <laughs> took too long
0: in between reading comics of my own and us doing <laughs> episodes, but yeah, it, it seems like it was not many episodes for you to get not 50. Not that long
1: since I did Jimmy Olsen, but now I'm reading something else. I'm reading Snoop... Uh, Snooperman. Snooperman? I'm reading Superman Smashes the Clan. Uh, which was written by Gene Yang with art by Guri I don't know how to say his name. I don't know how to say no. the name either.
0: I know that they drew uh, Gwenpool and some other things I like. There's like this land shark Jeff character that was like owned by Deadpool, I think, and then Gwenpool had its own little mini wordless book that came out that was drawn by them oh,
1: recently. Nice. Sounds fun. Gene Yang, you might know from American Born Chinese and has written for the mainstream Superman comic, right? He wrote New
0: Superman, which was a Chinese Superman character, like a different, completely different character than Clark Kent. And I think he had different powers even stuff, but it was using the name. It was really cool. good. Cool.
1: Yeah, I haven't read that, but I recommend Superman Smashes the Clan, which is a young adult graphic novel put out by DC, so it's not part of the mainstream line, and it takes place in 1946, and it's based loosely on a radio serial that Yoder has listened to, but I haven't.
0: Yeah, I did. I listened to them all. Maybe I might have fallen asleep listening to some of them, but I, <laughs> I got the gist of everything and stuff. It was... Interesting for sure, and felt uh, sadly more modern than probably some of the other r- radio Superman right. stuff. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, this is a, you know, it's a young adult. It's for young adults, but I just want to do. I do want to issue a little bit of a warning before this one, because it's about racism and fighting like a stand-in for the Ku Klux Klan. Characters from that do use some language because they're racist and i might repeat some of it throughout as we go on but i i just want to give a warning for that 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 i'm just quoting these things i don't know just in case the readers are sensitive about that language mm-hmm. and i'll say jean yang doesn't take it too far like i read a little bit in the, of the in the back he describes a little bit of his personal life and he chooses to not use a word that starts with C and rhymes with stink is the way he kind of describes it. So it never I'm
0: glad that that's raises the case. to that yeah. level,
1: but it's, <laughs> but there's still some stuff. So it's just a little bit of a, warning. we have
0: to demonstrate how the bad guys are bad guys and stuff, Yeah, but it's bad that in the nineties Superman comics, things can be said by the characters that are supposed to be the good characters that are like <laughs> terrible.
1: Right. Yeah. As we've talked about, yeah. Uh, Superman splining. So I'll get into the, a little bit of the description of this. It begins 1946. A Nazi rocket man is attacking the Metropolis dam, and this guy is called the Atom Man, who has appeared. Who I didn't know, but he appeared in Superman radio. That was his origin, where he looked, where he had a similar looked or similar thing to the to this evil Nazi rocket man we have here. And he also po- appeared in the movie serial Atom Man vs. Superman. Which, I guess he was a separate car- kind of character. And can you guess the secret identity of the Atom Man in that movie serial? David Yoder.
0: Was it Jimmy Olsen?
1: <laughs> no, it was Lex Luthor. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> but that's not who uh, is the Atom Man in this. It's just some Nazi. That Superman easily defeats. But in it, we find out Superman's limitations right now. In this beginning of the story. So Lois says that Superman can't fly. Even he has limits, she says. The highest he's ever jumped is 20 stories, but he can still readily defeat this rocket man by just throwing a rock at him. Superman takes apart his power source, which is a glowing green rock that we the audience know is kryptonite, but Superman has no knowledge of it at all. And in addition to making him sick, it seems, at least to Superman's perspective, to mutate his hand green and make it three-fingered, almost like a ninja turtle. Oh, okay. Uh, then we meet uh, Inspector Henderson, who is an African-American cop, who we'll see throughout the rest of this. He arrests the Atom Man. Then he tries to keep talking to Clark, but Lois steps in and he... <laughs> Henderson's like, oh, this is a conversation for two. And she asks him about his origins. She really wants to know his origins. Did he take a vitamin serum? Is it radiation? A mystic cult in the Himalayas? Superman has no answer. But it runs off on the top of telephone wires, which is how he gets around uh-huh. in forty six.
0: Well, and I guess so. The whole flying thing came about from the Fleischer cartoons because it was like an easier way to show him traveling and stuff, and that they d- they yeah. didn't want to <laughs> animate him. It was a while in the on the wires and stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah, it was a while in the comics before he legit flies. Mm-hmm. But I think was it Captain Marvel flies before he does. That's the original okay. Captain Marvel. Then we meet a family in a car driving to Metropolis. We meet young Lan Shin, AKA Roberta. Her and her family are moving out of the Metropolis Chinatown, which is mostly referred to as not part of Metropolis, but I think that's just because of... But I think it's the Metropolis Chinatown. I think it's just people being like, it's not Metropolis because of racism. Uh, But they're moving to a more well-to-do Metropolis neighborhood because her dad has a new job. And uh, Roberta is very nervous and uh, throws up in the car. There's a lot of um, she throws up throughout this, and she wrecks her favorite jacket. At the Daily Planet, Clark still feels off. And looking in the mirror, he sees himself as an alien, an alien alien, a friggin'
0: yeah, he looks like <laughs> green one bug like he's got like antennas even.
1: Yeah, it's very clear this is only how he sees himself, and that nobody else is seeing him this way. Hmm. In the metropolis neighborhood, Roberta's family meets her father's new colleagues, Dr. Secret Wilson and Dr. William Jennings. Jennings immediately makes an insane racist joke. He gives them a pie, and he's like, "Sorry, it's not dog." Um, Good grief! <laughs> we find out that Roberta's father. Did Dr. you say Lee, the other guy's
0: name was Secret?
1: It's uh, Secret with a G. Oh, okay, but. I feel like they're cluing you into this guy might have a secret. Yeah.
0: Secret has a secret.
1: <laughs> secret, secret. Sorry, Doctor Lee. His new job is chief Bacterio- bacteriologist at Metropolis Health Department.
0: I think that's the same job that in the radio program that the dad of the kid has. I don't remember the character's name, but it's all. I don't know how close this will match up to the comic, but it's like jimmy olsen is teaching or not teaching he's coaching a like boys baseball league and like he has a kid replaced as the pitcher and so the new pitcher is chinese american and like that's where and then it's like the kid that was the pitcher his dad or uncle i think is like in the clan and was like tell them boy tell them what they did to you (laughs) It's really bad.
1: Yeah, this sounds like it's going to tie in pretty similar. Oh, okay. No, it's going to be very similar. I don't know if I said that the Lees are Chinese-American, that the father and mother are both born in China, the kids are American-born.
0: Yeah, that was the impression I got from the radio program, too. I mean, it's like immigrant parents.
1: So, you know, they move into their new house, and it's like a big two-story... It's a nice house, and they immediately see Superman running on the wires. So you know you're really in Metropolis. They even are like, you never see Superman in Chinatown. Which, but super, Superman not going to Chinatown. They go outside to look, and they meet Jimmy Olsen. Who I like I guess the wants idea of Superman young. running
0: on telephone <laughs> wires. I'm sorry, I'm kind of hung up on that of like of like, a visual of like Spider-Man having to swing from buildings, like yeah. Superman having to find telephone. Lines and then like or power lines and like what if he like he misses and he like touch he grounds himself then it like you know yeah
1: and just what if he weighs too much and he pulls down like yeah. a wire or there's a bunch of birds on the line he's like get out of here yeah. birds! I think Jimmy even says like he does it to avoid traffic
0: Uh
1: <laughs> but Jimmy is very really happy to meet these meet Tommy and Roberta uh, and he invites them over to uh, the Unity House. Which is like a community uh, Okay, that's in the radio on, program too, yeah, the Unity House. Yeah, and it's started by a rabbi, a priest, and a minister, which Roberta's like, I know it, so- <laughs> I know it sounds like a bad joke, but it's real. <laughs> but they have a baseball team. Yeah, Tommy becomes the pitcher okay. who replaces Chuck. Ch- Tommy accidentally uh, be- beans Chuck with a ball, Yeah, and Chuck calls him China Boy. Ew. And then like threatens him, and then he get that's why he gets kicked out of the team, like you just said. Then he his uncle who lives at his house is like, this is perfect. This is exactly you know yeah, this is exactly yeah. what I've been saying. I'm going to take you to this meeting, and he takes him to the first clan meeting where we find out Uncle Matt is the Grand Scorpion, which is the head of the local of his local sector of the clan of the Fiery Cross, whose motto is one race, one color, one religion.
0: Uh-huh. I'm not saying, uh huh, like so I agree. I'm saying, uh, like, that. that's all the lifted <laughs> yeah. from the radio program as well. I'm curious if there's a thing I want to talk about, like, towards the end that was kind of surprising to me, and I found very interesting, of like a little bit of a twist towards the end of the. It, and it was kind of crazy that it's mainly a Clark Kent story in the radio drama because, like, Superman doesn't know who these people are arc right and like Mm. where to so like bad stuff happens to characters and then like it's not to like the climax or the third act where it's like superman really gets to do some heroing and like to save anybody so that's
1: interesting yeah i'd say this one is very evenly divided between it being clark's story and roberta's we follow roberta a lot that's good um but it is like yeah there's a lot roberta and jimmy do a lot of detective work together so back at clark's uh, home. He hears a break-in and when he goes to the gitch- kitchen, he sees aliens dressed as his, like, dressed as Ma and Pa, and they're speaking Kryptonian, which we know that he, Clark seems to have no knowledge of this language, oh, yeah. but as Superman nerds we can recognize Kryptonian or Kryptonese, what's it called? That was, I
0: <laughs> <laughs> Kryptonian sounds right.
1: Okay, this uh, triggers a flashback to back on the farm when he's a kid, his paw giving him like a Kryptonian radio that was there in the rocket that he was found in that speaks Kryptonian gibberish at this point his parents his earth parents haven't told him that he's from space yet, ah. and they kind of make a decision that they're not they don't want to, but you know Clark overhears because he's Clark. <laughs> The alien versions of his parents tell him that he's slowly remembering, and that's why they're showing up. Oh, just like, I wanted to, at this point, I wanted to point out like a comic thing that's not part of the plot, that other languages from this point on get represented with different color font. So when um, Roberta's parents speak Chinese, it's a red font. And when Clark's alien parents speak uh, Kryptonian, it's a green font. Okay. Which I just think is a good use of comic medium. Things immediately escalate. There's a two-page spread where the clan burn a cross on the Lee's yard. Yeah. Um, Chuck throws Did I, like a Molotov cocktail. You included
0: it in the images. I just found it interesting that the while the cross is burning, there's sound effects and it goes crackle, crackle, crackle. But it, it's K, K, K for the, oh. the sound effect there.
1: Yeah. I think that was on purpose. Chuck throws a Molotov cocktail that misses the window and bounces off and then like sets fire to the yard and that causes the uh, clan to run off because they're on the yard. Then Officer Henderson and his friends pull up and they help put out the fire. Lois and Clark show up the next morning, I think, and that's when they meet Roberta. She tells Clark that she always suspected she didn't belong. And this causes Clark another to remember another uh, have another flashback of a moment of reading pulp alien like magazines with his childhood friend Pete Ross. Oh yeah. They have a, a particular cover sets him off, gets him like sweating and feeling sick. And then they get bullied by these two bigger kids, and Clark starts flying and shooting Heat Vision. Two traits he has not shown as Superman yet. And we see that the pulp magazine that set him off had a picture of an alien that looked like what he sees himself as, the alien with the two, like, antennas and green. So, you know, that thematically is connecting himself as an outsider, as his immigrant experience with Lee's. So that's just storytelling, man. That's good. Um, at the Unity house, to fit in, Tommy makes light of the event, and he even he makes a joke about how his family, how they're wontons, and they won't fry that easily. Which, you know, that bit that bit of the older brother doing that reminds me a lot of, like, American-born Chinese when the main character tries to underplay his own ethnicity mm-hmm. and is embarrassed of it when others are, you know. So, it's just storytelling. In a lab somewhere, we see scientists hidden under radiation suits. Who are they? Working on the kryptonite with the Atom Man in, uh, like, a Luke Skywalker-style, like, tube, like a some sci-fi stuff's going on but they're very interested in this green glowing radiation then after getting into a fight with roberta tommy gets kidnapped immediately by the clan roberta realizes something's wrong and she goes to the cop that uh inspector henderson has stationed outside the house but the white cop immediately says some insane racist stuff oh that's good (laughs) yeah he's like Oh, this is, Metropolis is fine. We are even good to you people. And, you know, he's like, we even give you jobs you haven't earned and houses you haven't earned instead of me, white people. So Roberta is like, yep, this cop is no help. So she goes uh, to the Daily Planet, but not to get help from Lois and Clark because she barely knows them, to get help from Jimmy Olsen, her friend. Oh, okay. But, you know, Clark just happens over here. The clan actually planned to tar and feather Tommy. Which is just, like, insane and brutal. But he escapes from the rope, punches the scorpion in the face, and jumps out of the truck, falling into the river and breaking his arm. And they're just like, ah, eh, he'll drown. Problem solved, I guess, for them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's
0: terrible. I mean, it's a lot of terrible uh, stuff. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Roberta and Jimmy confront Chuck at his house. Because... Roberta figured out that he was uh, the one who threw the Molotov cocktail because of his red Superman-style bo- boots. Because Chuck is a big Superman fu- fan, and Chuck gets mad and he takes a swing at her with a bat. Good grief! The bat is broken by Superman. So Chuck, being a big Superman fan, is pretty shocked by this, right? And he shows Superman and Roberta where the clan where the clan meet superman like carries them both over on his arms as they as he runs super fast Mm -hmm. and leaps over a river that's the photo i sent you that i just like a sound effect that describes exactly what's happening oh where it just says leap leap? yeah (laughs) yeah in the middle of this superman starts to hallucinate his alien version of his parents again and seemingly for the very first time his x-ray vision kicks in wait did Uh, did the flying make
0: roberta sick and have to throw up again it looks like
1: Yep. <laughs> if I stop, if I told you every time Roberta threw up, okay, 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 <laughs> it would be a lot. <laughs> uh, he uses his X-ray vision and finds Tommy like straight up at the bottom of the river. Um, but he's okay, just half drowned, I guess. Superman is freaking out internally over his powers and t- his alien parents showing up, and even Roberta's like, "Is he talking to himself?" Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> But then he takes Tommy to a hospital when Inspector Henderson shows up to take care of the other kids. Roberta has a thought that there was something super weird about the way Superman jumped. I sent you that page where she's like, he seems to be somehow able to like cushion the end of the jump like he's able to slow it down, yeah. but that doesn't make any sense. The landing's too soft. Meanwhile, Olsen is pressuring Chuck to give up what he knows about the clan, but Chuck is having a moral crisis. At the hospital, Superman sees uh, his hallucinating parents again. But that, now, for the first time, instead of dressing up like his, like his human parents, they're dressed like a Kryptonians. And they say they're proud of him, and uh, that they're his, his real parents. And ask him why he's only using half of his powers. Oh. Clark then has another flashback to right after the events of the pulp magazine where the mom of the kids who were the bullies comes through the kent farm and, <laughs> and accuses clark of being possessed by satan and she even this karen of a woman even calls the cops <laughs> to the kent farm to arrest clark for being like possessed by the devil the cop kind of laughs her off but that night clark goes down the barn and finds the kryptonian radio here he hears the voices or to try to hear the voices from it but instead he hears his human parents decide not to tell him that he's an alien and to raise him to be normal the radio starts up and little clark so emotional runs to a pond that i guess is on the kent farm and throws it in and decides to pretend to be normal until the current day as much as he can Back to 1946, AKA the present, Right. the Lee parents come to find Tommy. There's a little bit of a strange moment when Dr. Lee at first assumes that Superman broke Timmy's arm and he's like, or Tommy's arm, sorry. And he's like, I knew it. I knew that Superman couldn't be all good. Uh, oh. Weird, a little bit of a weird thing, but they're like, no, Superman saved us. But Tommy does lie and not tell his parents about the clan which is a little interesting, but just a kid thing, I guess. I don't know. Then there's a sweet moment where Superman gives uh, Roberta his cape, and we then see the chapter kind of ends with seeing the mom start to sew something with it, because I neglected to mention there's a recurring story with Roberta about her jackets that, you know, she ruined her favorite jacket by throwing it up, throwing up (laughs) on it. Um And instead of cleaning it up, her dad insists they threw it away because, like, we have money now. So he insists on, like, buying a new jacket, but she doesn't like it because it doesn't feel the same as the old one that her mom made. But And it's the only way she ever feels like she's comfortable around in public is in this jacket. So now it looks like she's going to get a new jacket. Out of Superman's cape. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Why not? I mean, Superman's cape is made out of the blanket of... Or I guess this version isn't, because otherwise the mom wouldn't be able to sew from it, right? Mm-hmm. So Clark Kent wrote the story of these events, and Perry White is really impressed with his writing, and he's even like, I thought Lois wrote it. <laughs> uh, he's like, if Clark, if Superman can do something to fight the Klan, then the Daily Planet should. And he offers a $1,000 reward for info about the clan on the front page of the newspaper the next day.
0: It's weird um, to me... Like, a lot of this is matching up with the radio program thing, but, like, they... What is the... The the kid, Chuck, or... Yeah. Like, that they connect that, like, he had an involvement, like, so early on. Like, the, I don't mm. think that was in the radio program. Interesting. There was... I guess Chuck, like, calls Clark Kent to warn him about... That the clan was going to attack Tommy and his family. So then Clark Kent, like through that series, is like trying to find out who this boy was that contacted him, and then eventually figures out, like, oh, it must have been someone from the baseball team. And so he goes and, like, just listens to everyone talk to, like, try to, like, hear that voice because the kid didn't come forward. And then it's like the replacement coach because Jimmy and Perry White get mad by the clan, and maybe this happens in the comic that, uh, tells them that it was that chuck used to be on the team but he's not anymore
1: oh it's interesting you say that jimmy is like the coach because i guess he's technically the coach but he's definitely drawn to be the same age as roberta and tommy and i feel like it's the youngest i've ever really seen jimmy but it makes sense as he's a cub reporter um mm-hmm. so after the thousand dollar reward we get this weird scene where where Chuck's mom starts saying weird stuff, and she's like, Do you know anything about it, Chuck? And he's like, What? Huh? Huh? And he's, she's like, With that much money, we could get rid of your uncle. And then she's like, I'm just kidding. Uh, the clan is bad, but the things they believe in are good. Oh, that's um, so a, mixed it's a really weird statement. Yeah, it's a very mixed message. And Chuck can't make heads or tails of it, and I can't. Chuck goes to see his uncle, who I think is in the garage. And he's working on a bomb. He's got, like, you know, sticks of dynamite and a timer. Your classic cartoon bomb. And he's like, hey, stay away from the Unity House. Uh, Good grief. So, it's pretty clear what's going to happen. At the Unity House, Tommy comes in with his arm in a cast. And he's ready to tell a Superman story. And he still struggles to not be racist about Chinese people to impress his white friends. He says some weird, like, Confucius says stuff which gets Roberta's eyes rolling. People like Tommy's popular with the Unity House kids and Roberta struggles to interact with humans, you know? Um, She's
0: too busy throwing up all the time. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Like this girl who likes Tommy and is trying to be friends with Roberta says stuff like, my grandpa says that Chinese are sneaky, but my mom says the Chinese are brave. And I think, like her, Chinese are brave. And she's like, we're not all... Roberta's just basically trying to say we're not all anything. But yeah. instead, Even she's just po- like, I yeah. throw up all the time. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she's...
0: Unique. How can I
1: be brave if I'm constantly throwing up? And then the girl is like, all right, I'm going to go stand over there. That's a good little
0: thing to uh, have in the book, especially because it is aimed at younger readers, though, of like... Even a positive stereotype is still a stereotype, and like,
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. So this is going on, and oh yeah, and then Tommy's like, "Check out my sister's jacket." That's when she turns around and shows the Superman shield that she's got it made. You know, she's got this cool jacket. Just then, Chuck busts in to the Unity House, and at first seems like he's going to tell everyone to run and about his uncle, but then he like gets nervous, and then he ins- and he instead is like, ah, "What are we doing inside?" Let's go see a movie. And he everyone. everyone go see a movie. <laughs> let's, let's all, everybody, as a big group, let's go see a movie. And they go to see the new Captain Desmo flick, which I think is like a Flash Gordon serial. And later we see, like, a poster from it and see some image from the movies. And it does seem like it's a Flash Gordon with, like, a, you know, with a Ming from Outer Space, Ming from Mongo type guy who's a real, like, Fu Manchu style villain. Hmm. So, I think that's kind of part of, for the Lees, the background radiation of their life is like, everything's a little bit racist, right? Lois investigates Dr. Lee's work and finds out it's the scene we saw earlier with the kryptonite and the bacta tank and more mysteries. So, Dr. Lee is working for these people. At the movies, there's more awkward kid interactions. The white girl keeps saying stuff about Chinese being brave. Then Roberta sees some old friends from Chinatown and she's happy to see them. But they're like, you were always too snooty for us. Like you never wanted to go to movies with us, but now you're seeing it with your white friends. Oh. And Roberta is basically like, I thought I was I had friends in Chinatown, and I thought I was normal. Turns out I've never been normal. I've always been a weird kid. We see Lois trying to tell Clark about the health about the Department of Health. Which turns out, even though it's called the Metropolis Department of Health, it is not a government agency. Just a crazy, manipulative name. Um, So she's trying to fill him in on her plot and how it connects with, you know, how she's, like, I think it's maybe connecting to this clan thing. But Clark is busy seeing hallucinating his alien-looking parents, which Lois interprets because he's staring off into space as him checking out a girl. And she's like, men! uh." (laughs) So she storms off. And then Clark is like, I only have eyes for you. But he's like, also he has eyes for aliens, obviously. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the it, ghost alien it's parents okay. are still like... Uh,
0: Lois only has eyes for Superman, and it's not Clark yeah. Kent.
1: So. <laughs> the parents are basically saying the same thing. Why are you only using half your powers? Which triggers another flashback. This time, outside of church, the bullies threaten him again... And it's the time he meets Lana Lang. So the bullies are like, "Use your like float. Use your laser vision, you demon." And they're like about to beat him up, and he's like starts shaking to do the like he's about to have heat vision and stuff again. But then Lana Lang stands up for him, and that helps him repress his powers. And it's kind of like a a feeling of like they're not coming back anymore because of because of this. So this is like the last time he uses these powers, and he gets to meet Lana Lang. Let's see. Now we go back to the movies. You know, Roberta's deep in her own head about how awkward and what a weirdo she is. So she walks out of the theater uh, and she sees Tommy and Chuck pitching together. Roberta confronts him and wait, didn't he Tommy have finally, a broken arm, or is that that's resolved? Oh, or... uh, he still got a broken arm. He's sorry. Yeah, Tommy is teaching Chuck how to throw like him. So okay, can... I was
0: like envisioning them throwing the ball back <laughs> and forth. I'm like, that seems like that'd be tricky to do if
1: yeah (laughs) yeah tommy tommy can't pitch anymore because his broken arm so he feels like him and chuck are friends now so he's teaching him how to pitch but roberta's like you still got issues chuck so he finally admits to roberta that something might be going down at the unity house so they all go with jimmy Olsen, who just happens to also come out of the theater in time to see the see two clan members leaving they make a really weird plan, which is Jimmy and R- Roberta stop the clan members by distracting them while Tommy tries to call the Daily Planet, because Jimmy is, like, convinced that if he just, like, gets himself in enough trouble, like Lois, Superman will save him. That's how it <laughs> works. <laughs> so I sent you the pictures where they're, like, razzing the, <laughs> the clan, because eventually, you know, the clan's like, why are we taking this from kids? Let's kill them. That's when Superman shows up.
0: So he, Superman was listening, and was like, oh, wait till it gets really bad, and then I'll come in. And...
1: <laughs> when I think what happened is Tommy called the planet. Um, oh. It didn't get through to him, but he, but Clark overheard the receptionist being like, kid, I can't understand what you're saying. Oh. And then hangs up, I guess.
0: Just something about the Superman... unity house, and then, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Superman tries to stop the bomb, but he can't find it, and he can't manage to activate his X-ray vision again. He does save the priest, rabbi, and minister who are tied up, but the bomb goes off and uh, it blows up. It doesn't blow up the entire Unity House, but it's very damaged. At the Daily Planet, the clan attacks, and it's, Inspector Henderson was there because he was going to yell at Perry about the thousand-dollar reward and how that like is screwing up, like an investigation. But yeah, the Daily Planet attack jimmy and roberta realize that since there were only two clan members there for this bomb there must be another target and realize it must be the daily planet and they drive off drive off on his moped just in time to see the planet building with a fiery cross burned into the into the planet. can i tell
0: you my crazy like thought process of like seeing this image of it's just it seems too difficult for them to like get up there to do that and like so i thought something was going on with superman that like somehow he accidentally made like a oh, like he got possessed cross or something. <laughs> with his
1: heat vision yeah yeah that's interesting yeah they don't explain how they got up onto the top of the planet
0: like unnoticed <laughs> like just like five guys in white robes and pointy hats like taking the elevator to the top
1: yeah <laughs> so then we cut back to another flashback this time it's 1936 A teen, teen to young adult, uh, Clark and Lana are at the circus, and Lana can't tell that the strong man is the same man who just moments ago took her ticket, because she doesn't see through his bright colored costumes and the change in his demeanor and everything. But for Clark, this is an inspirational moment about how to to hide in plain sight. Um, Of course, you know, something goes wrong, the circus catches fire, Clark has to step in to fight a lion. It, but it's a big moment for him is this acrobat family <laughs> um, yeah.
0: is there anything directly said or like it's, it's no it's just a drawing
1: it's very clearly the flying greasins. yeah
0: totally because <laughs> there's like a mother and father then a young kid and it looks like robin's outfit basically yeah
1: yeah so clark saw the flying graysons before he was superman but did, um, is that, like, the the Flying Grayson's last,
0: like, did they died and just, that was not the thing of note for Superman, it was the Samson no, no, no. costume guy?
1: <laughs> I think nobody died. Okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I feel like this t- timeline thing is a little confusing, because, like, Robin looks about the age as when he becomes Robin, mm. but, you know, whatever. Back in the present, by the present, I mean 1946. We see Superman climbing to the top of the Daily Planet to put out the fire. Roberta and Jimmy get there at the same time. Roberta does make a comment or is like climbing is really slow cuz she's starting to suspect Superman might have more up his sleeve. So they get to the they all kind of get to the Daily Planet floor at the same at about the same time where they find out that Lois Perry White and Inspector Henderson have been taken hostage. But Lois has left a clue in lipstick, the initials WJ, which Roberta figures out is her dad's colleague, William Jennings. Back at the Unity house, you know, the fire, the firemen are there and stuff. Tommy just now realizes that his sister is gone, and him and Chuck have a serious conversation where, like, Chuck is sorry, sorry, but he just can't accept that his family is evil, and I feel like that's a very complicated idea for this, and this is, like... You know that's like good. This is why this book is young adults and not kids. Is like this complicated idea of like, Chuck knows something is wrong, but he like, it's another leap to say like my uncle is evil, right? Yeah, someone
0: that's an adult authority figure for you. And so in the comic, it seemed like the mom was kind of like straddling both sides of things. And the radio program, the mom, is seems to be a good person, and the uncle is just the bad uh-huh. guy because chuck or whatever his name is he's very conflicted about like the fact that he feels like he should admit that he was the one that called clark kent but he's worried about the repercussions of what his uncle and the clan would do and stuff he's talking about like hypothetically to his mom because it's like it's a known thing that like there is this boy and they're trying to find out who this boy was that called clark and the mom's like well if you know if it was my son he would better do it you know it's just like
1: huh that is interesting yeah that also seems like they're a big difference is it's a little like, simpler <laughs> and they're making chuck more the focus and more of like he's the catalyst for stuff instead of it being roberta you know
0: yeah the lees are not figured that i mean even they're kind of more like the mcguffin plot element than like
1: right yeah yeah yeah, I think that, that change is going to be more visible, like, later on in the story. Oh, yeah, so because of the initials, Superman uses the uh, phone book to find the address of William Jennings, and he smashes through a wall, and he saves the hostage, but Uncle Matt, the Grand Scorpion, is basically like, you know, you've won, but your very existence proves that we're the master race, like, whatever you did to yourself, whether it was... Vitamin rays or Himalayan whatever—it only worked because of your p- pure blood, which is like a disturbing idea, and is I think more more of a catalyst for Superman to like come out about what he is. And we also see like one of the cops—the cops show up and they arrest the clan and we see one of the cops who arrests Matt being like, "Don't worry, Grand Scorpion, you won't be in prison long." And he's like, "Ah, oh, my good and loyal knights—that's um, of course."
0: yeah that's better than in the in the radio show it's like yeah they i think he rounds up most of them but like the grand scorpion guy just gets away somehow <laughs> it's like you know <laughs> just one of those cliffhanger endings of like
1: right yeah it's uh yeah <laughs> you don't even need to explain it My favorite is on shows like The Flash when the villain runs out a door and then The Flash runs out and he can't find him. And it's like, you're The Flash. Yeah. (laughs) How did somebody run away from you, The Flash? But He
0: doesn't know what direction they ran.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He can run the speed of light. (laughs) So uh, Roberta then has a talk with Superman, which I find super interesting, where she has basically put it together that he can do more than he shows, but is holding back because, and like that signs him the motivation of that he's afraid to not fit in, that he's showing his full extent of his powers will scare people. And that like, she's like, I wish I lived in a world where you could fly. Uh, where it was okay for you to fly. That's um, an interesting like idea. That, that Yeah, that moment is really like the heart of the story. Superman then immediately runs back to Kansas to his parents' farm. And he, you know, tells his parents that he loves them. And then he goes into the pond that he threw the radio in, and he finds um, it's split in half at the bottom of the pond and has grown into the Fortress of Solitude. So in this story, the Fortress of Solitude, instead of being in the Antarctic, is like... In a pond on, his can- on the Kent's <laughs> pond. I feel like that's not very well hidden. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wild. And he goes in, and he sees his parents, and for the first time, they look like how they actually look, where they're in their Kryptonian costume, and they look human. Because they aren't that kind of alien. So does Um, the
0: comic outright explain him seeing himself and his parents as, like, the green alien versions? Or is this just, like, his own, like, psychodrama that he's having to deal with kind of thing?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's his own psychodrama. It's never explicitly explained. It's not like, oh, the mist from the kryptonite must have, you know, like, they don't even connect that he looks like they don't even make a statement that the thing he's seeing himself in is the monster from the pulp magazine that's just visual storytelling you know so matt escapes from prison and he goes and meets the real head of the clan and it's the other guy who works at the metropolis health department dr secret wilson (laughs) yeah who reveals to matt that all of the one race one religion stuff everything it's just hokum to sell Okay, so that's
0: what's in the radio program that I thought was, like, really great, (laughs) that, like, when he meets with the boss guy, like, the, yeah, the Scorpion guy is just like, it's like, come on, we gotta, you know, we gotta fulfill our, you know, what we're gonna do, and the guy's like, no, it's just about getting the numbers and like you yeah, know like it's just money you gotta pay for the cloaks and pay for your dues and like <laughs> he's like you didn't like buy into your own hogwash like sort of thing. like i was just like that was impressive to me in like because the radio serial is from like 46 or whenever you know like the like that that seemed kind of sophisticated to have that take yeah. of like no it's just about the money like the people at the top don't really believe the thing and i i feel like we see that in modern day politics too and like with fox news and stuff of like it's like
1: right yeah especially when you see any kind of behind the thing scenes stuff about fox news they're like we can't give this information either. yeah but dr secret wilson's real plan for the his the real point of all this money and stuff for the clan is to kill superman of course oh <laughs> Uh, well, that's different than the radio program. Using- he just wanted money, I think in <laughs> the radio program. All the science and stuff was to build kryptonite ray guns basically. Like the real threat isn't like immigrants and Superman cuz he's the only I mean I think there's still kind of this like world domination plan of like we've got to purify America but it's like the immigrants to him he says something about, like the immigrants aren't the threat after all like Dr. Lee will do his part, right? But the real threat is Superman. So, he, you know, they've taken the kryptonite stuff and they've made these big Ray guns. Matt, uncle Matt, the grand Scorpion flips out. He kills Wilson and takes the guns. Wow. Yeah. Is that in the radio? No,
0: he just come. he finds like, he tries to go around to all of his clan buddies and they're like, there's too much heat on this. Like you need to stop. <laughs> like, and he finds huh. one idiot that's like willing to work with him and, and they wait for the big baseball game where they know that Tommy and his father and Perry White or and Jimmy Olsen are all going to be there at the same time. And so he's just got, like, a sniper rifle and is, like, on top of a building why? or uh, on a hill, like, off in the way. And, like, <laughs> yeah, his plan is just to shoot them all. And that's where Superman finally gets to be Superman and do something. And he, like, <laughs> catches all the bullets and then finds them and you know that's that's the end basically that's
1: interesting yeah i f- you know i don't like a sniper a real sniper weapon or a real sniper gun like i don't like that it settles me because it's too real giant kryptonite ray guns don't that doesn't like register to me you mm-hmm. know it doesn't give me the same like oh uh, mass shooting feelings right the next morning <laughs> dr lee at the breakfast table tells the family that he's quit the health department because he no longer believes in the mission but they're staying but they're going to stay in the house and starting monday he'll go on a job search for a new job i mean he's a doctor he'll find a new job lois comes to the house and gives roberta a fancy pen with ll initialized on it and says that roberta can have a job as a cub reporter if she wants it like jimmy just she just needs to find her first story Roberta decides to do detective work about her dad's job, her old job now, and goes into the boxes he took from home and finds a lead-like ball, about the size of a baseball, containing kryptonite and notes about his dad's research and how after basically he met Superman, he realized Superman's a good guy. Wait, that, that seems weirdly conflicted <laughs> too though, that like, her dad was part of some evil plan
0: and like knew about it.
1: Yeah, but not he wasn't part of the clan thing cuz obviously, but he was definitely part of the I guess like, he didn't like Superman. Superman
0: yeah, I don't know. Huh.
1: Yeah. Oh, she finds out from the notes that the lead can stop the radiation. And meanwhile, Superman finally, and I didn't really write any details of this, but in the Fortress of super solitude, Superman finally finds out his origin story and embraces his status as an immigrant and everything that comes with it then like you were just saying we cut to the big unity house charity baseball game where everything's about to go down and everyone's there every player is there immediately matt takes roberta hostage on the main field the racist cop that let the scorpion go like yeah this is real super ends. villain move right here like <laughs> just, like yeah i'm gonna murder a little kid <laughs> So everybody's like basically hostaged up. Chuck finally stands up to his uncle and he takes a swing at him with a bat. So he's taking finally taking the side of his friends instead of his uncle. That's when Matt pulls out his super giant ray gun to blast the, everyone.
0: The uncle though has the like he looks like a Final Fantasy character with his, like <laughs> his Triforce pointy hair in, in front. Yeah. There, like,
1: yeah, that's a little not um period yeah not period anachronistic right <laughs> um some ha- serious
0: hair gel pomade to <laughs> pull that off
1: yeah i think it's just supposed to be uh like his hair got excited Boing.
0: <laughs> when he gets extra evil he gets yeah
1: <laughs> as matt's about to blast his own nephew and all the kids with the giant kryptonite gun suddenly heat vision comes down from the sky and everybody for the first time sees Superman is flying. The crowd is shocked, and many many people in the crowd seem to turn on him, but not Lois. Superman's happy to see Lois, excited to see him flying. Superman gives a speech about how he's from another planet, but he's still a citizen. And this does not turn the crowd. Right. They still seem afraid of him. And now they're just straight up on, like, members of the crowd are straight up on the Scorpion side. And they're like, Blast him, Scorpion! (laughs) He blasts... So he does. He blasts Superman with the ray gun, weakening him. That's when Roberta throws the lead ball at Superman and says to use it to destroy the ray gun. So he then shoves it into the ray gun, blowing it up. Scorpion then shows that he's a human bomb. So Superman immediately flies up and uses his ice breath for the first time. And Matt's like... Or Scorpion is like, I didn't know you could do that. He's like, I didn't either. Right? (laughs) There's a mid-air fight where Matt pulls a kryptonite knife and cuts (laughs) Superman. They fall. Because there's not enough Uh, going on already. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But Superman recovers. Everything is tied up. Inspector Henderson knocks out the bad cop. And then Superman flies off with Lois for an interview. While while the kids, Roberta then takes her place as the pitcher as the kids play a, a makeup game. Later, she goes to the Daily Planet to give Lois her pen back, and is like, "It's obviously yours because it says LL." And she's like, "I can't. It's too fancy. I can't take it." And that's when Lois is like, "I do my research. Your name is Lan Shi Lee, so you're another LL." Right. Oh, that's um, nice. And Lan Shi. Sorry, Lan Shen Lee. Sorry. And Lan Shen now using her real name becomes a cub reporter, and that's the end. That's the tale. There's some stuff. I I feel like Gene. Yang is like a really good writer yeah. and there's some stuff I kind of didn't mention but is very was very interesting for me as a cartoonist to think about like he is constantly describing like smells throughout this book because I was like wow like smells are the one thing like comic one of the one of the senses comics can't really represent mm-hmm. for instance Clark experiences kryptonite first as a smell that he can't get rid of he smells it first Roberta doesn't like her new jacket and says it smells like plastic instead of smelling like her mom. One of the neighborhood kids keeps asking people who have met Superman if he smells like cotton candy clouds.
0: (laughs) That's a weird kid. And then
1: like when Superman finally shows up flying, the kid's like, he doesn't smell like cotton candy, he smells like ashes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, probably because he's using his heat vision to... (laughs) Yeah.
1: That... That It sounds
0: very good. I, I need to check that out. I just never got around to reading it myself. But I feel like there's, like, just just part of the story, like, is something you could really, like, expand upon to make, like, an World or some sort of story with yeah. the, uh, like, what if it was Superman was, like, consciously, like, not displaying much or any powers and then, like, but he has all these power or a character has all these power, and then like something happens where like he snaps and then it's like it is terrifying you know like that would yeah you know like
1: yeah there's a lot of good ideas you can tell like in the back I read a little bit I didn't read the full, full thing because Gene Yang writes this thing about kind of the history of the clan in America and the history of like Chinese immigration in America especially like you know and, and his own personal history but, I mean, one thing he talks about is how much he liked Superman as a kid. And you can really tell that in this. He's not, like, just picking a character he doesn't know a lot about, right? He's, like, going deep into his lore.
0: Well, I think New Superman was, like, the first, like, superhero comics that he wrote. Or Oh, yeah. Or maybe not. I mean, I don't know the timeline, I guess, of, like, between Superman Smashes the Clan and that one. But, like, I, I'm trying to think of other, like mainstream stuff that he like or like you know the dc or marvel that he's done uh, yeah i don't know he's I don't doing know whole, a monkey um, print series for dc now or what nice that's good
1: so yeah i would recommend this especially i so american-born chinese is one of those comics i don't think i own a copy of but i bought it several times because i like it's a good book to give as a gift to people who haven't read that many comics especially like younger readers so I might give my copy of Superman Smashes the Clan to my niece who I gave my copy of my latest copy of American Born Chinese to mm-hmm. see if she likes this so it's a wreck good pick Dennis I
0: think I'll be back covering some random month of the not random but the next <laughs> month of 90s Superman for next time You want to drop your pluggies?
1: Yeah, uh, I've been your reader this time. I'm Dennis St. John. You can find me online at Dennis Comics. That's D-E-N-I-S-C-O-M-I-X. That's my .com, my Twitter, and my Instagram. Uh, My Patreon is Dennis St. John. And, yeah, it's been fun talking Superman. Mm -hmm. And we're getting ready for
0: the mullet era of Superman next, I think, is what's going to happen. So... It'll be fun not reading those. You know, everyone listening should grow a mullet just to rub it in the face of all those Lex losers (laughs) out there that can't grow any hair, so...